Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 19, Magic. Well, hello and welcome to episode 19 of Cauldron of Worlds. I'm Chad Corey, and as has been the case the last couple episodes here, I'm going to do a quick little service announcement to make you aware that Triumph of the Wizard King, the third and final book in the Wizard King trilogy, is released this month, August 31st. And obviously I'm pretty pumped and excited about getting it out there and having the chance for all of those people who are interested to take advantage and finish up and enjoy the entire Wizard King trilogy. It's been a rather long time coming um, from my end, which you can learn more about on the other podcast, Trollodron Behind the Scenes. And uh, it's, it's been a fun process getting it out there, like I said, for the most part. Actually, for the majority of it, it's been very fun and enjoyable. And I'm just excited to have the opportunity to get people the chance to finish up the tale and move on to other new and fun works as well, which I'll hopefully be able to talk about in the not-too-distant future. But I will be doing a tour for the book, which you can find out on my website, chadcorey.com. That's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E.com. And you can find out more about where I'm going to be, what's going on, what's taking place, and all the fun stuff that will wrap up this third and final book of the Wizard King trilogy. And again, a big thanks to Dark Horse Books for putting this out as they did. As I mentioned in the last podcast last month, they have taken the unusual step of releasing the trilogy more rapidly than what would normally be the case with a traditional publisher, which would probably prefer a yearly gap in between the releases. Here we've been able to do the entire trilogy and just a matter of maybe about a year and a half. So it's, it's been a very rapid pace of release. I've, I've actually enjoyed it. I think the bookstores have been able to benefit from it as well as I think you readers as well because you haven't had to wait as long for the book to come out to enjoy. And if you want to, the book is still available for pre-order up until the point of its publication, the 31st. And it will be available uh, in all the formats that the entire trilogy has been released in so far, which includes the print, the digital, and the audio formats. So do take advantage of that if that's of an interest to you. And as I've also been saying throughout this whole process here, if you are one kind of like I used to be and still am in some ways with books, uh, check them out from the library if you don't want to necessarily get, you know purchase them from the store. Um, I would encourage you to do that. Put your request into your local library. A lot of them even just have a simple form you can fill it online. Don't even have to go anywhere. Just put in the information there and see if they can get it in for you. And it wouldn't be just doing you a favor by getting you a, you know, a free copy of the book, but it would also be making the title available for other people who might not get these podcasts, might not even know I exist necessarily in the world, and the book is out there for them to take advantage of. So kind of helping them out in the process. Okay. So that being said, let's transition into this particular episode, which could be a very fun one, but I'm going to try and keep it more concise and more on point here because there's a lot of directions we can go with it. I'm talking, of course, about magic and magic systems. And for those of you who don't uh, get into this for your world setting because maybe you're not a quote-unquote fantasy world, I would just say if you have trouble with the word magic, just incorporate a different word in it or switch it out. Maybe, you know, call it psychic abilities or the force or, you know, whatever, whatever paranatural, supernatural, whatever preternatural system you want to put in there, it, it will serve that purpose. 
I'm just, I'm just introducing ways and concepts today and ways to think about it and how to incorporate it in your system, in your world setting in general. And maybe, like I said, your your world might not necessarily have this at all. And that's entirely possible, too. It could be a totally magicless, supernatural-less based world setting or storyline, whatever. That's possible. So maybe this might not be totally applicable to you, but I'm trying to keep it, like I said, as generic and open as possible to multiple uses here to people who have multiple genres or want to go different directions with it they can feel free to do so again we're just here to thicken the air and give you some ideas and uh, ways to move forward if possible so magic in and of itself is kind of from the writing standpoint is kind of the the cheat that you get to use to make things happen in the story that when you need a, an excuse or a reason for things to take place you kind of kind of conveniently have a little way in which you can pull on and take advantage of for your own purposes. Uh, I would not encourage people to do that you know, all the time, but I'm just saying it's it provides avenues and opportunities for story that might not readily be available. And that doesn't mean you, you use it for the, you know, the God and the machine kind of thing, but you have it on hand that it can provide some flavor and some introduction and kind of some fun exploration of your world setting and even the story you're writing in different ways that, that maybe not would have been done without it. What do I mean by that? Well, the very easiest thing is that you now have the ability to possibly enchant items or find items that can do magical things, which in and of themselves provide story, provide conflict, provide a whole host of history and connect interconnectivity issues with people and characters and things in the story that might not have been there without this device, this MacGuffin, if you will, to to present people with these opportunities. And it also, of course, provides a way to set your world apart from our real world and from just reality in general. And we have this ability to do something that can't readily be done in the known uh, reality we live in. So even if it's something as simple as the Force in Star Wars or something, I mean, it's not magic necessarily, although it seems to be becoming more and more magic-related, the more projects and things they release in the future but it, it just you know it's like a psychic thing you can do stuff and you can change you know telekinesis and whatever and, and do things with it so it's, it's something that sets people apart and sets the world apart in general than what we would recognize as our own world even though there's like high technology and a lot of what's going on with the stories in general but no matter what you decide to, to use for your quote-unquote magic you know force whatever a big couple big questions you have to ask and have to have resolved would be how does this work what is the history of it and how does it work and those two key questions are going to kind of come up again and again in your world setting and are going to have to provide the foundation for the reality in which you're building with this magical component because if you don't have a believable magic system or a believable rule system in place it doesn't matter how awesome your, the rest of your world setting is. That's kind of even going to be a glaring omission and kind of could even pull away from in the, you know, the little case or just totally ruin the whole everything you built in your whole world system because it just is that obvious of a weird thing that just stands out and is a sore point where it could have been a little bit more approachable and enjoyable, shall we say. So those are two big questions, and we'll try, I'll try and talk, talk about those a little bit now in the next uh, few minutes here. But how, where does it come from? That's a very powerful question that a lot of role-playing games have kind of built whole game systems upon. 
you know, maybe your, your, your gods in human form that have the ability to naturally do this type of supernatural power stuff, or maybe you're d- d- descended from gods, or maybe you're descended from dragons, or maybe you're descended from space aliens, or, you know, it's a natural evolution of your species or something. So that, that kind of stuff will obviously develop in as you, or maybe already has as you built your world system up to this point. I don't know when you're listening to this particular episode, but if you follow from the beginning, we've kind of been building up a lot of elements of the world setting up until this point. So now this is kind of another layer, one of the more final layers that we put on to kind of finish up things with the setting in general. But with the magic system's creation or its its purpose, how did, how did it come to be? Maybe it was an accident. Maybe the gods made a mistake. Maybe it was something a scientific experiment that actually just generated the ability within certain people. Maybe it's a mutation like they have in comic books. Maybe people that have the ability are not really native to that uh, sphere of reality or from a different dimension. They're from a different uh, universe, a different planet. So we have kind of the Superman phenomenon there where they have abilities and talents that are outside of the normal range of the people that live there. So they're kind of unique people that can do these wonderful and strange things. Uh, or it could be, like I said, as simple as they made packs with other entities outside of reality, or it's a combination of all that things. Maybe it's uh, nanotech that allows them to interact with the environment in general. Maybe it's something that they have kind of developed or you know bred into themselves through a combination of different things, or it's secret knowledge that they've learned to adapt and, and graft to themselves through a series of horrible and, and painful experiments over time that have allowed the ones that have survived to progress and develop and eventually become this, these masters, these wielders of this, this arcane art, if you will. So again, I'm not going to get into all the great details of what constitutes the creation of a magic system in your world, because again, I don't know the specifics of it, but that's what I shared are just some basic examples, and a lot of them are common examples you'll find in role-playing games and, and video games and and I think stories in general, I would just say if you were curious about it, all you got to do is just watch a, a trailer for a new video game, especially if it's fantasy-based, or just pick up the you know, little chapter here or there of a new fantasy book or a role-playing game in general, just kind of page through it, especially with a lot of the new things now for the, the fifth edition for Dungeons & Dragons coming up. They got a lot of new worlds coming out there, but kind of have a similar concept of magic, but some of them have a different take on it. So you can, just, you can see how people have a different spin, a different way of the origin of all that stuff goes. And that's what I, you know, you get some inspiration and stuff there. Obviously, if you're using touchstones for your characters and your, your societies and things like we talked about last episode, that's been a carryover since the beginning, you might have some flavors and feels of what you think would be applicable for the best way to connect with magic in general. I mean, if you were doing more of an Arthurian type of world setting, perhaps you want to look at having these people be more connected to this mysterious force, kind of think it's a natural element. Maybe there's ley lines involved or something where they have this ability to, you know, only a select few, maybe they're half elf or something, or they're, they're half fairy or whatever they are, if it's an Arthurian legend, like we said. So, I mean, that, that could add an element to it as well. Maybe there are different, like let's say, quasi-demon beings that give people power instead, and that's kind of, magic is seen as a, as a bad negative thing. So that's that's kind of the the origin, like I said. I didn't want to delve too much in that because again, it really can go a lot of different directions. With how it works, that's another thing we can go a whole different direction all over the place. But in general, you're going to have to figure out the basic mechanics and the basic rules of how your magic works. And a lot of people just do what's standard, 
and that's fine. I mean, I'm not here to judge you and say you can't do what you want to do. I'm just saying a lot of people find it's easy to kind of incorporate what I call the role-playing rules or the, the you know the D&D rules, which is, you know, magic is just something that people can study and they have the ability to to learn certain formulas or, or ways to do things that call upon this magical force, whatever it is, and they can have a spell take effect. And that's basically the, the parameter. You're using the, the, the common thing. That's, like I said, it's common in a lot of different things, role-playing games, video games, books as well. So I mean, you'd be in good company in that respect. I don't think most people would be against that. Again, it really depends on what you want to work for your world system, but something like that is pretty tried and true. There's some pretty basic systems in there that are in place that keep you kind of on the, the given path, however you want to do that. There are maybe it's something different though. Maybe you can only cast spells when it's at night or during the day or when the moon is in a certain position or when there are certain uh, astronomical things that are going on, or maybe you have to take cast the spell at the expense of some other aspect of your being. Maybe it's it's sanity or your life force, or maybe you have to cut yourself and have blood or something, your own blood kind of be used in it, or or maybe there's different components that have to be created that could be common or rare or special, or maybe it's the blood of a god that you have to call upon for a talisman that, that generates the power. So you can see where I'm going with this. There's just a lot of different ways that you can go and incorporate into your 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 system and there could be a couple different systems or, or more in your world setting based upon what you want to do i mean you could have a quote-unquote good system which isn't as doesn't take life from people to cast spells or maybe there's you know the other one does or there could be something where it's mining or using precious resources of the planet and kind of depleting them of those resources to do these spells and uh, or, or part of this power or, and that's kind of seen as a negative thing and so it's trying to, to stop people so some people might be more cautious in how they use the magic and spells because they know this is a precious resource we're not going to be able to get back once I use the spell and others might not care they just whatever they get a bunch and they just want to do it so again it, it's how you define the, 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 the element of it, how it's created the origin of it and then how it, the, the, the parameters kind of tie around on, around that for instance, when I was doing the, the system for the world of Trilodron, the idea was that people, just a certain people group, were incorporated. They had that ability to cast spells, to cast magical spells. and But it was only a certain group, and even then they had to learn, they had to study, they had to do stuff, but they were limited by the capacity of what's called their, uh, their, their inner capacity to cast magic. So that was one of the limiting factors. But it was also limited by the fact that they lost a lot of the knowledge and ability and technology of the original forerunners of the race who was gifted this ability by the gods, actually created with it. And they lost the ability to be as fluent and uh, strong in that ability to cast spells. And so they're limited now with having to work with formulas and having to work with the language they think they know how to re you know, read and write and speak and having to incorporate those things and twist them around and trying to manipulate uh, the cosmic elements of the of the world and the cosmos into their own purposes and designs. So it's kind of a more scientific-y kind of approach to it, but it's also willpower-based and it's also limited by, I don't want to say genetics, but it's partially based on that and also partially based on knowledge of, of how things work in general. So for an example, you know, it spells that way they have a the flow and a feel and there's a structure to them how they work there's different levels and abilities people can advance to and learning them but the overall 
function of a spell can vary because it's based upon someone's interpretation of some material and text and things, but also what you want to achieve. So you can have something like maybe you want to start something on fire. Well, you could do that a couple of different ways. You could just have the fire appear there out of the you know plane of fire, so to speak, and just begin to you know, suddenly materialize there in plane. Or you could agitate the atoms in the, the log or whatever you're trying to burn, and that creates the heat and you pull the fire from the object itself or something else. So it depends on the person's knowledge, their ability, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to do. That can change the, the spell and the spell effect. And that's just one example of how it works. But this is, it's a common system that it's in place in that world setting, and it's a common framework which works throughout the entire magical system. Everyone uses the same parameters. There's no confusion. There's no ambiguity. It's pretty cut and dry as far as what is and isn't the ultimate limit of you know different levels of things and where you can go with magic and where you can't. So that's stuff you're going to have to figure out. For instance, on Trollodron, I know magic in and of itself cannot raise people from the dead. It, it can't do certain things that you would think it does in a lot of fantasy settings, you know, making zombies and things like that. It just doesn't it doesn't do that because life and creation of life and resurrection and stuff is solely the discretion of the gods. And so actually one god in particular. And so they and they alone have the ability to use life as they wish or grant it to their followers to use it as they wish for certain things. So that prohibits people from casting spells that would make, like I said, make zombies and make things. So that changes how that world setting works and how the magic works in that respect. And so that's stuff you have to figure out. Are there any limits to the spell? For instance, I keep going back to the, the classic Green Lantern in DC Comics. And for those that don't know, his weakness was wood. He couldn't use the ring, the green energy ring, against objects made or containing wood. So it's kind of a weird, weird weakness because there's a lot of stuff that has wood. Maybe that's why they did it back then. But anyway, um, so that was his weakness. So there's, you know, there's like, I think with the new Green Lantern rings, they can't, well, they used to not be able to do anything against the color yellow. And so, I mean, for, for basically, for an example, I'm trying to say it's, it's their limit. There's a parameter. You can do all these awesome, amazing things, but their magic was limited by willpower. And they needed to charge the ring up every so often to have the ability to to use that power but there were still limitations on what it could and couldn't do and so that's what you're going to have to do with this with this part of your world system now is if you're going to have a magic or supernatural element system to your world setting what are the basic parameters where where can it not go what can it not do what is it expected to be able to do and where can it go if that makes sense so kind of define your your borders that way and then, if there, like I said, are there any costs involved with people wanting to cast spells or do magic? Do they have to sacrifice elements of themselves or, or other people or their, or their land or reality or, or whatever to, to cast the spells? Or is it more of a willpower thing? Or is it more just, just a natural ability everyone has? There's not much to it. It just limits, limited by their imagination or their, their strength after a period of time. You know, so common, like I said, just really take some time, think about that. And like I said, too, maybe go and get some inspiration from classic fantasy or just fantasy games in general and just see if that applies to what you want to do or Star Wars, whatever you're looking to do, if it's more sci-fi or, you know, telekinesis stuff or get into that kind of stuff and just see what makes sense and where the, the boundaries and, and the things tie into that. And that might make sense, too, if, like I said, if we if you have a different culture or society that is maybe geared more around 
society, maybe like a desert type of society, obviously maybe their magic is going to be focused on protecting them from that environment or dealing with things in that environment or trying to help them overcome that environment. What, you know, so it kind of tailors how they want to do their magic, maybe a lot of sand and air and sun things and, and, and things that help protect them from the elements, maybe spells that create water or protect water sources or things like that. So again, those are things you'll have to figure out. And usually, again, this depends now too, if you're designing for a role-playing game, computer game, whatever, things like that where you have to have spells listed out and things like that, you'll probably have to sit down and figure out a basic collection of spells and maybe even organize them around a spell level, you know, just listing what, what spells are more powerful than the other. You're going to be able to provide people the ability to use that in the game. You're going to have to define how these spells work and how things figured out, but I'm assuming you have that part aspect, that aspect figured out because that's part of the game mechanic and that's what we haven't talked about. So I, that's something you're doing on your own, I, I would hope, and it fits in with everything else. So that's one aspect. If you're doing a book or a comic or just more of a narrative type of world setting where it's not really crucial, where you have a list of all these spells right up front, then it's more fun. You can just kind of pick and choose as you might have need or you think might be more fun to, to have on hand for the characters or maybe found or discovered later on by the characters in a particular story. And that way it also gives you the ability to, to tell more of the story in a unique way with that spell. So for instance, you know, maybe you have a very strong and uh, adventure-oriented story you're trying to develop for your, your fantasy story. And you have this magic user, a mage, wizard, whatever you want to call them, and they are there casting this spell that's like the secret spell that no one's ever seen before. And the whole history then is because they, they're going to, they went on this adventure to find it. So you have this whole backstory you can tie into with how that spell was created. Or maybe there's a spell that wasn't supposed to be able to be cast, and they're trying to find it and cast the spell or stop it from being cast. You know, the classic, you know, stop the end of the world kind of thing before it takes place. So, I mean, there's there's fun story elements and conflict elements that is, like I said before, conflict is story that can be tied into to the magic. Or maybe, like we said here, the magic, it takes something out of the individual. Maybe you have this guy that's on his last legs and he's in this fight for his life and he has to survive long enough to finish off this final quest or whatever to put the put the donut on the, the, the plate or whatever it is on the table and he, he just has to reach it but he but he has to cast the spell because he gets suddenly distracted and then that last spell it could possibly drain him of his enough strength or maybe intelligence or reason to, to keep him going because he's had to use so much of it up until now so I mean just fun stuff like that it adds drama it adds suspense it adds history it adds story conflict a whole bunch of things just with a single spell just with, just with a simple basic mechanic for how magic is cast in general so Again, I'm just sharing these things and concepts and ideas as things to help thicken the air and get you thinking about what would work well for your world setting. And so you can see where there's some possibilities for maybe further development, further fleshing out, and of course further uh, aspects of how you can make your story even better with tying these sorts of things into it. So with that, I think we are going to wrap up this particular episode. Again, thanks for listening. Hopefully you got something out of it. And if you'd like, uh, please feel free to send me any questions, comments, or uh, information, I guess, about the podcast to cauldron at chadcorey.com. That's C-A-U-L-D-R-O-N at chadcorey.com. That's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E 
www.thebigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigbigb